Anderson, like a cork in the ocean over his head. Marking contest over the top, Subic's great grab. Across the ground, bam, in comes Donny Wurzlow. Got it out to a oh. kick, kick smothered, check, Hunter. Who would have thought the sequel would be just as good as the original? Kicks inside 50, McGovern, McGovern, what a player. Shake needs to be in perfect the premiers of 1992. The 1994 Honey Badger 35 here, joined by Bender, joined by Keys. Uh, and thank you to everybody who's jumping in the comments. Have your say throughout the show, all that good stuff as well. We'll uh, we'll talk to you throughout the show. Gents, let's not muck around. Let's get straight into it. And there is some footy to discuss. West Coast Eagles, 13 goals, 8, 86, were defeated by the Adelaide Crows, 16-6, 1-0-2. Bender, the story of this one was Josh Kennedy. It was all of the build-up. It was honestly all of the focus of the game. It was actually hard to remember at stages that there was more going on than just kicking it to Kennedy and, and, and trying to get him a record haul. But he's got eight. He's come away with an unbelievable haul in his farewell game. He got the perfect 10 coaches' votes as well. So as good as Josh Kennedy has been, the last hurrah was, was just as good, Bender. But what did you make of the game overall? Yeah, it had a bit of a like a carnival feel to it, didn't it, with, with the way that they kept on kicking to him and he was kicking so many goals and, and you know, it was... He seemed to be the focal point for, for everyone going in the 50. Um, you could see when people were kicking in the 50 that they probably took an extra half a second just to check where he was, and mo- most of the time they were kicking to him anyway. Um, but, yeah, look, it didn't really – in the end, you kind of felt like, well, what's wrong with um, with Nick's? He's not going along with the story here. He's supposed to be letting us win kind of thing, you know, and he yeah. wasn't doing us any favours. But uh, it was it was really bittersweet. It, it, as, you know, expected, we were going to – everyone was going to be emotional with him finishing up. Um, the ideal outcome would have been the win. What I think annoys me about it is is that the the loss that it was a very winnable game and should have been a win with yep. with the uh, emotion involved. But it kind of felt like that's just been forgotten because Kennedy got chaired off and we have all these feelings and and all this kind of stuff about him finishing off. And I think that's been swept under the rug a bit, and that kind of frustrated me a little bit. But it was good to see him go out on a huge bang for me anyway. Yeah, and that's a fair point. I mean, a few things to unpack in that, the emotion of it all. First of all, all week, Keys, I was pretty pragmatic, I guess, about it and sort of philosophical and enjoying reminiscing all the good times, looking at all the old clips. I sort of welled up a little bit when he ran out and I didn't really fully break, but I was surprised by how emotional I was when he ran out at the end of the, you know, he's come out at the back end of the team with his kids and his family. And I thought, this is really nice. He kicked our first. The boys were looking for him right from the start. There was one early bit of play that it was so clear they were going to feed him. We were down 17 at three quarter time. And I thought, if that isn't a sign that we're going to win this game down 17, and then, you know, it looks like we've leveled the scores at one point or gotten dangerously close to doing so. It was all there to be won in a, more normal season in a in a less absolutely tragic season case it might have been a game where I'm looking back absolutely frustrated so like Bender points out we let one slip there's the Josh Kennedy factor overriding all of it though so a fair bit to take away from the weekend yeah it was really uh it was a pretty unique home in the way game mm. um in that um 
you know, otherwise I kind of felt the result was secondary because it really was just a it was it was like a um like a testimonial match for JK. Mm. It was sort of something that in another planet it's well something that's played on after the season say, so, Oh, they, let's just give him a fundraiser and we'll go out, we'll make him the star and and that'll be it. And I and I think in a funny way I was just listening to Bender talking then and it's kinda of like if you gave me the choice before the game that we could win, but JK would have a quiet game, or we lose and JK had a blinder, I'd take the loss and watch JK have a blinder. So, and that's, and I think in a lot of ways, I reckon the club did a really good job, like with the day and the way it was all set up and everything like that. The only thing we didn't quite get was the result. Um, and we came so fucking close. It was. I think that's it. We uh, could have both. You know, we, yeah, we were very close to having both. I, I mean, I think. You know, we've got a little. I've got a little bit keeping up my sleeve later, but when Bailey Williams kicked that, what we thought was a goal, mm. um, that was when I thought we we're gonna get this. Mm. And then that, that really, when it was, the, you felt the energy of the crowd really deflate when it was was turned over. And I think Kenny had a shot for for goal not long after that. Mm. But I was sitting at that end, and you could see. He was he was physically spent. Oh, he, he had couldn't. he he had spent all his tickets, and he he just didn't have that. He, I mean, had had he kicked out, I think maybe we, we could have gone on to it. But that was that was it. I think Adelaide went on. They kicked the next. The next they get they got a goal pretty well straight that away. Sealed it. Fucking fat ass Fogarty did his fucking usual fucking dickhead fucking thing that he does against us. There you go. Um, and you know, it was just kind of like the last couple of minutes was like, oh shit, you know, we, we, the time's gone. We're not going to get back in. And um, well, I think the frustrating bit was was the effort was there. Like mm. all the all the pointers, like you know, only we had our highest tackle count for the year, and easily Every, everything was there. But it was just really dumb things at dumb moments, like. I'm not picking on Redden because I didn't think he had a really bad game, but him getting hold, getting caught holding the ball because he wasn't aware enough that the guy mm-hmm. that had been called to play on, and um, you know, Rioli did a couple of dumb things. Uh, I think there was one stage in the third quarter. I think where Ryan was running in, we had an open forward fifty, had players everywhere, and Ryan somehow managed to, to pick out two fucking close players standing by themselves. Do you know what happened on that one? Because I had the perfect view of that one. He was going to kick it to somebody over the top, and at the last minute he saw that Kennedy had a mile of separation. And so at the last minute he's tried to hook it back across his body and ended up just going right between the two. And he straight away apologised to JK. He knew it. But that's the day overriding them playing the game. And and, And I I think we're sort of – I think there was a bit in that last quarter when we were pushing, there was a couple of um, ball-ups just in front of our goal. And you could see that Nat Nui and Kennedy were trying to – Emulate that tap down, yeah. And they just the crows players were well aware of it, and it was just I think in a funny way, it kind of in, in some ways I think it probably I, I think it helped us get back into the game at stages, but it mm. also the, the, the sort of looking for Kennedy cost us a cost us a bit as well. Um, you know, I mean Kennedy hit eight goals, the rest of our fours kicked five. Um, so, well, I think in the context of the season, the loss probably. It would have been nice. I think JK went out. I think the guys, I think most of the players could look him in the eye and say, look, I had a dip. Mm. And and they just weren't there. And I, uh, I think it's like, well, okay, that's it. Um, 
he enjoyed it. I think he's still on piss from what I can gather. Um, so it was, it was, yeah, just so close to being a perfect way to send off a guy that was a real champion. Yeah, I think for me, it's obviously the win would have been fantastic. And you know, maybe if he kicks one goal and we win, do we remember it more fondly than this? Eight goals. It's so hard to nitpick with that. And you know, like I say, if it had been a more even or a more normal season. We let that slip, and that's an inexcusable loss from the situation we were in. We're 17th. We know this is a dreadful year. It sort of is what it is for me. Uh, Bender, we've got a couple of questions coming through. Is the fact that our players tried their hearts out and still couldn't get a win against a bottom four side somehow worse? I mean, we've talked about the effort there. Migs points out here it's our highest tackle count since 2019, 88 tackles. Like Keith said, Bender, you know, I reckon everybody did really have a crack, but when it was there to be won and when little things just needed to go the right way. They're not polished enough to do it. They're not good enough to do it. And I guess that's why we're 17th. So is that a concern or it was just a bit of a day that almost sat outside the season in a way? Yeah, look, it, it it's a worry. I, I'm not going to lie. But this should have been, and I think even like a month or two back, you already had it penciled in as a win as well. Yes. Um, it, it should have been a... With us firing all, on all cylinders, we should have won that game um, with the with the team we had out there. I'm not talking about whoever else could have been in or whatever. Mm. Um, maybe a couple of selection issues that that weren't ideal, but that that is the worry. You think that if if we're playing our, our most pressured football um, with our most emotion fo- emotion driven football as well, and we can't beat you know fourth from the bottom Adelaide or whatever they are now, mm. it is it is a slight worry. But like he said, you. you the I don't think it feels quite as bad as it should have simply because JK got his send off. He you know tore it up, but I don't know. There's still this part of me in the back of my head that just can't stop thinking about like you know that was a winnable game. I know it's the season's done, but yeah, I just can't seem to let that little bit go. But no, it's yeah, fair. it's a worry. I think yeah. like I said, if he had gotten three, he kicks three and we lose, and we're like, yeah, it was nice, and we did get to cheer for him, whatever, because he played so well. I do you know what it is for me. He seemed to be all right with it. Walking off, doing his lap of honour, he seemed to be okay with it. That's sort of where I'm at. And, of course, if you offered him the win, I'm sure he would have taken the win. But it was so unbelievable, and he's gotten so many accolades from all the corners of the AFL, media, landscape, whatever. I just think, you know what, that's kind of part of his legacy. The result of the game is not going to be part of his legacy in five years. But the fact he went out with the most goals in AFL history in a, in a final game, I'm not talking about VFL, I'm talking about AFL, and the only guy ever to get 10 coaches votes in his last game. You know, that I can kind of sit with that for me. Anyway. anyway. I'm, I'm a little pissed to get that he didn't get like, one more, so he got nine goals because he had never kicked nine goals in his career. He's got <laughs> he's got 11, he's got 10. And he's got everywhere from eight through to one, but he doesn't have nine. It would have been nice. He would have had everything from one to eleven. Um, had he got nine, so but just on the it was it was that second quarter we just couldn't capitalise on our field position, mm. and that's the thing that um, even going back before this season was sometimes an issue for us that we would have um, uh, you know we, we'd have control of the game but we couldn't put that on the scoreboard and it hurt us on it hurt us on Sunday because I actually had looked inside 50 count at half time it's 31 to 18. Oh we smacked them yeah we were smacking yeah, early. But by, by the third quarter they'd even that up mm. so and they took they took um, they took their chances but they also not only did they take theirs but they they, they stopped us from scoring as well in the mm. second quarter for all our dominance we still let them kick I think three three goals 
in the second quarter. Yeah, they kicked um, three two, and we kicked four we one. Kicked four. So, so you know, we we probably you know we probably should have got at least another one, and probably should have kept them down by by and then instead of a two point lead or whatever it was at half time, we got a couple of goals up our sleeve to mm. to absorb that sort of third quarter fight back of theirs. Um, but at the end of it, it's kind of like. It's just that it's just our season. It's just everything everything that could go wrong in our season has gone wrong, and some of it's self inflicted, some of it's out of our control, and it kind of like well, yeah, it probably just sums up a year. Um, yeah, so it's just yeah, it's just fucking shit. It's shit shot, but it's glad that oh, I'm glad Kennedy got a he got a good game. So that's yeah, I'm down repeating myself. That's that's something. It's definitely something we'll remember. I'm happy I got to see it in a way. Uh, Bender, if we move away from the Josh Kennedy of it all, because you know we've spent now, I think, the best part of two episodes talking about him. He's not going to be with us going forward. But some of the guys who might be, you know, guys like Tom Barras, guys like Jermaine Jones, you know, there was still other players out there that had good games. There were some players out there that didn't quite have such good games as well. So if we just broaden the net a little bit and say, what else did you take away from from the game on Sunday? I I thought that was. Barras's most complete game of his career. I think he's he's intercepted well before and he's defended well before, but he gave Walker an absolute bar. He just made Killed him look silly. Um, I and I know Walk, Walker's gone past it maybe a little bit, you know, he's still pretty decent. You've still got to give him his respect, but he just made him. Like, there were just, there were contests where he would body him, Walker would just lose the ball and he'd take a clean mark and it was magnificent. I know, I'm not, well, maybe I'm just not remembering far enough back for Barras, but I think this year was definitely his best game. I thought the Hawks game was obviously pretty impressive mm-hmm. um, with all these marks and his marks and his defence, but I think in terms of the balance between uh, marking a man and, and intercepting, it was good. Um, definitely up there. Um, Jones continues to obviously uh, look good when he's running out of the back line. He just needs a little bit more support, I think. But and Natanui, it probably took Natanui maybe half a quarter, and but he just he just looked like some something flicked or a switch flicked in his head or whatever, and he just started going berserk. Um, same old story, I guess, for him. Um, outside of that, I'm not sure. You know, Ryan's probably put through a, a decent back half of the season. I, th- I think is uh, you know, and it's been more goal assist or than than actual goal um, yep. than goaling himself. Um, been setting up some you know probably best field kick inside fifty you'd think going around or up there at least. Yep. Um, but yeah, there's look, there's there's a couple of things to like, but definitely Brass just ridiculously good at the moment. Um, got a, I, I think he was he, last year and this year he started off pretty strong, had a bit of a quiet mid year this year, but I think he's finished stronger than ever, and it'll be interesting to see if he can take the club champ. Uh, talking about the effort from Nick Nat, Shuey was another one. I thought those two guys, yeah, it took a little minute to get into it, but you could tell. Halfway through that first quarter for me, that all right, these guys are going to really, really go for it. And the Crows' keys obviously started with a bit of a bang, got a couple of quick ones before the game had even almost gotten underway. But from that position onwards, I just thought Nick Nat and uh, Shuey were making sure we were getting everything out of the middle or, or giving us every crack at it. So yeah, we had we had a sort of Nick Nat to Shuey to JK moment in the first quarter where um, Shuey hit JK lace out mm. off his left foot, which Eyes at the other in the ground. I thought it was smothered off the boot, and then I was like, "Fuck!" He's actually hit him up. It was um, a bit of a throwback. To old. I think I, I sort of echo what Bender said about Barras. Fantastic game, and I think he's. Um, I think he with with McGovern's injury, 
Brass has really stepped up and mm-hmm. taken a real leadership role in that back, not just in the back line, but throughout. I reckon he's grown as a leader throughout the club to a point where um, I never really considered him um, as a captain of the club. And now he's like the only choice of captain for me yeah. to replace Chewy. Like, I, I don't see there's, I think the club may go for McGovern because he's been vice captain. But for me personally, I don't think there's anyone that's more suited to be taking over the captaincy than Barras. Um, he's really stepped up and I think he's he's really grown. Um, and and I really, one of the, we, we haven't got very many bright spots this year, but one of them has been Jones being moved to half back. Um, he's still a working progress because he still fucks things up from time to time. But a, a guy running off half back at pace is something that we haven't had mm. um, since Jetta. Um, and whilst Jones, Jones' disposal is not even close to Jetta's, I think his um, best is. I just think the gap yeah. is way and, bigger. And I don't think, I don't think, and I don't think consistently it ever will be. From time to time, he might hit one, but I mean, Jetta was he was elite. He was yeah. probably the best three or four kicks in the competition um, at his peak. Um, but we haven't had that. And he breaks, he breaks the game up. He breaks lines. So. Um, yeah, he's he's been one of the one of the few bright spots of our season has been his his development off half back. Um, I thought O'Neill did some some niceish things at times. Um, I was a little bit disappointed we didn't seem to use him in the centre as much as um, as we had other times. He got his run there. We, we seem to go with um, Kelly Shuey and Rioli a lot, mm-hmm. and I don't think. Unfortunately for us, I don't think it really worked. I don't think Rioli was having the impact in the centre that, that he normally has. And I think it was one of it was a quieter game for Rioli. Um so I would have liked to have seen maybe O'Neill get a bit more of a go instead of a, instead of Rioli there at times. But um the other guys I think uh, there wasn't any I think Hearn had a good game. Yep. Um and I think up until up until three quarter time, I thought Harry Edwards actually did do a reasonable job on Fogarty. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I thought he had a really good game. He started very well as well in a back line uh, that was under siege early. And in fairness to Harry, I don't think in that last quarter, I don't think Fogarty's all his three goals, Edwards was picking him up for all of those three. I think there was, he wasn't picking him up the whole time. But I thought it, Edwards had probably one of his better games, um, bit of a low bar for him this year, unfortunately. But he, he sort of held up okay. Um, and then I think most of the other guys sort of had bits where they were in the game and then disappeared for for patches. And we had a few guy, few guys who were probably pretty pretty poor and would would like it back. Mm. Um, you know, I think Gaff had a Gaff had a stinker. Unfortunately, we we're talking before the show. I think Gaff dropped two marks in the opening five minutes that both of them created turnovers that cost us goals. Um, that was pretty disappointing from. Um, from us, from a from a senior player, mm. um, uh, particularly the chest mark in the back line. I mean, that was one that you know you you really need to be taking those. Um, so um, I think just quite. I think the umpires can go and get fucked. Um, there was some, and look, not just. I think there were some fucking really bizarre decisions on the day. Um, so uh, not the least of which was that. Apparent dangerous tackle Rioli did in our forward line, uh, which was like the guys in the air and Rioli tackled him and tackled him in the ground. It's like fuck, that's that's footy. 
Um, and that was at the time of the game when we really needed to pick the ball down there. Um, so, yeah, that's enough for me for that game. Nicely done. Well, let's do it then. Heroes and villains. It's been a few weeks in the wait. Shall we start with some heroes, tick off the easy stuff, and then we'll get into the real the real meat of the issue. Bender, do you have any heroes for the week? Mine is, is Dean Margetts for his uh, his article on his favourite players. Only time I'll ever have a positive thing to say. I like the, Of all the umpires in the history that I've followed footy, he'd probably be the only one that I know by looking at him outside of Eleni, of course, because she's Eleni. But mm. by, by seeing him and going, that's Margetts and, oh, that's a shit call, and then turn your head a little bit, oh, it's Margetts, you know what I mean? And the entire time it's Subi over the years and, and Optus or whatever. I can't stand the bloke personally, but he did an article this week about his um his favorite players, and he did one yeah the uh that Josh Kennedy was his um his favorite player of the uh his career, and he said it wasn't because it's topical. He said it was, it was genuinely because he was a top bloke, and um he said anyone that played with him, umpired him, or interacted with him, that it was always positive, which was just it was nice thing to hear at the at the time that it came out, despite him denying it. But yeah, and it would just been. Uh, there was Dean Cox wasn't in the list, which I was a bit, no. little bit um, surprising. Yeah, I know. Maybe he's just trying to make sure that he, you know, he keeps up his end where he doesn't give away too much about his relationship with Coxie. Um, but otherwise, yeah, it was. Um, I thought that was a pretty good article. It was just good to. I, I think he's been um, he's been doing a fair bit of media stuff anyway since yeah. he's retired, and it's all been fairly lighthearted, which has been good. You know what I mean? Or at least. Um, interesting and positive. Mm. So mm. it's painted a different light for him. But yeah, I thought that was pretty good. That is surprisingly not the first time he's gotten a Hero of the Week nomination. I think he's taken it out a few times in the past as well. So check the Freo board if this one filters over there. But player number one, Kennedy. Player number two, Shannon Hearn. So Keys, Dean Margetts obviously loves the West Coast. We knew this, we know this, and it continues to be true. Any heroes for yourself, Keys, or do we just get stuck into the villains? Uh, I think the, um, the Optus crowd, 50,000, I mean... Mm. Been a shit of a season. Um, fifty thousand turned up. I don't know if I could be wrong. I don't know if fifty thousand turned up for a Fremantle game this year yet. <laughs> um, you know, it was you know a unique circumstance, but I think um, yeah, everyone went there, and I think everyone was. And it was one of the good things from that game was just hearing Optus Oval roar again. Like in that last quarter, it felt it felt properly like home again. Mm. Like the crowd was going off and cheering and booing and it was back in full voice and I and I think that was that was a again I think that was a bit of a highlight and I think um I can see it's a good thing with that being Kennedy's last you would have hate if you can understand why Kennedy made that his last game. Yeah. Because yep. if he had played like he played to just all the Derby, it wouldn't have been the same. And I think I think the Optus crowd last time going, I think that made it made it special and it really Created a really good atmosphere for the game, so I'm giving that my hero. And I don't, because I don't really like heroes, I'm too fucking cynical. <laughs> uh, Frio's top crowd this year 47,000. They played Brisbane, I think it was second versus third at the time. Played Brisbane, 47,000. They got 46 last week, Friday night footy. They played Friday night footy in their, uh, oh, not last week, but last game rather. Last home game, 46,000, Friday night footy against I, Melbourne. I, actually, I had one other, I'm not religious, but God. As I was walking into the, as I was walking into the ground with my family, I said, "Even fucking God loves JK," because the weather had been shit all fucking week, and then we had a nice sunny afternoon. It's beautiful, beautiful stuff. Uh, Josh Kennedy Hero of the Week, I think, is a shoe in just because it's Josh Kennedy. But I do like the nominations. On a selfish note, from myself, 
I got a little bit of a clap from him when he walked around because I think I think he might have seen the massive fake beard. So uh, it was nice. I actually saw a few of them walking around the place and the little uh, mask things that you used to wear in front of your face, all those. It's nice to see those. I'm happy that JK got a bit of a send-off. So he's probably the hero of the week. Uh, a few Villain of the Week nominations coming in through the comments. First Villain of the Week nomination is The Post that jumped in front of Bailey Williams. And there's a bit of back and forth about whether or not that was his fault or The Post's fault. Keyes just said it was nice weather. I thought it was a windy day. I thought that post moved. But anyway, uh, the other Josh Kennedy for stealing our JK's limelight, of course. Josh Kennedy from Sydney retiring as well. So best of luck to him. Not quite as good as JK, but still pretty decent. Uh, Gents, I've got a couple, but I think one of mine is a little bit of a similar theme to yours, Bender. So do you want to take us away? Have you got any villains for us this week? Uh, Mine was uh, Michael Christian. Um, mm. And probably probably the whole week at the tribunal um, and and the match review, uh, mainly because I don't know how I, I know Cochin's tackle wasn't the same identical as Kelly's tackle, but his player went off for a concussion test. It wasn't identical because they had a different arm pinned apparently, so that that's where the difference was. But um, he goes off for a concussion test. Uh, Wines does comes back on fine, but we but Ke- then Kelly does the same thing. Whose player gets up. Noodle effects plays the game through and he gets a week and Cochran doesn't. I just don't, it's a lotto. I just don't get it. Um, Michael Christian shits me to tears. I can't stand, I couldn't stand the guy when he's a commentator. I can't stand him as the um, MRO. Um, and then to double down on on the uh, week at the tribunal for Patrick Cripps when they were trying to compare his blindsided bump on, um, on uh, his name escapes me, Archie, um, mm. against um, Rioli's, Mark contest that got yeah. thrown out, and they were like, oh, just just play the footage. It's identical, and it's like, well, no, it's not. It's completely it's not identical different. at all. Yeah, um, that that was frustrating for me at this at the start of a week of already kind of you know after a little bit of a frustrating weekend, I was just that was too much for me. So I'm just going to go with the MRO. Big surprise. He's probably nice. everyone's villain most week. Did Patrick Cripps get off? They've appealed again, of course, because they're Carlton and they have a god given right to do whatever they want. Anybody know if Cripps got off the second appeal? I presume he didn't. Uh, as far as I know, when we started, they were still deliberating. So, right, interesting. Um, I haven't seen. So he'll miss the two weeks anyway because they won't they won't come up with a verdict in that time. Uh, still deliberating two hours and counting in the comments. Here it comes. So there you go. Tribunal's still sitting. Bloody hell! It's all happening. Uh, keys. Uh, they're in the bank transfer. Yeah, that's it <laughs> from Carlton. Do we? Oh, good. Anyway. My laundry's done. Villain of the Week nomination in the comments from Anthony. His villain nomination is Kane Corns and his horrible ideas. I will second this and I will sort of throw an extension on, which was I think Eddie Maguire had a similar one. Uh, it related uh, to yeah, Collingwood yeah, and to Melbourne. Yeah, that was that was fuckface Kane as well, apparently. Oh, was it, they were all Kane? Yeah, I went back and I watched the footage. I thought it was Dickhead Eddie, but no, it was Kane. Um, Kane, yeah. So take it so, away, Keys. What's he said? Well, you know, I, I've paid. I've, I've seen enough of Kane to not pay attention to anything that fuckwit has to say. And if anyone, if anyone needed evidence that he has no clue what happens over this side of the border, you only had to watch um, excerpt from Footy Classified on Monday night, where Kane Cause has suggested that Melbourne and Collingwood go and offer JK a two-year deal because he could help. He could Sorry, be missing piece in there. Was it two? Yeah, it was two. Melbourne and Collingwood, it was two years. And he said, oh, I can just play 16 or 17 games a year. I mean... <laughs> got a minute. Got a I mean, you, you, you had to have been living under a fucking rock or holding a pretend fire hose not to know that Kennedy was shot. He said it that many times. He said, I cannot play anymore. 
He said all of his teammates it wasn't, said the same. It wasn't like like say David Mundy where it's kind of like oh you know I'm just I think I've I'm done I've had enough. JK was just like fuck off I've, I've I can't do any more. Mm. I'm going to go back to Geraldton. I'm going to set up my foundation. I'm not interested in playing footy anymore. I'm done. So Kane Corns, he comes out with that. Everyone said, and said, you fucking idiot. It's quit. So instead of, it's doubled down tonight and said, Fremantle should go and get Kennedy. You fucking dumbass. I mean, sure, getting, suggests that maybe get him as a, as a forward line coach, mm. but not as a player. He I cannot mean, walk. He can't walk. He said, you know. He's, he's... <laughs> I, I mean, you know, he said he, he's taken, like, pot shots at the club, which, you know, all through the year. I mean, everyone, I mean, you can fucking line up former cube. There's so many things to have a ping at our club this year about. Um, but he's got no fucking, he's got no idea. He's got no credibility. Mm. Um, Kane Corns is a sort of fireman that would go and start a fire so he could, Try and put it out. <laughs> That's bordering on, you know, uh, which ones? Is it libel? No. Which? What's the one that's one's uh, verbal and one's written? But anyway. Truth is a defence. <laughs> Pleading the fifth. Um, so, Kate Corns, um, someone said about the um, the post moving. Can I quickly point um, out, sorry, Keys, just on the he can play 16 or 17 games a year as though that's some sort of carrot. Here is a list yeah. of games played by Josh Kennedy. So, 15 this year. 18 the year before, 17 the year before. So that he's already at his maximum. 22 the year before, fair enough. Then 14, then 19, and then there's a run of 20s when he was still in his bloody 20s, for God's sake. So I 17 mean, games in, a year is peak performance for Josh Kennedy at the moment. I mean, in one little bit, in one little bit, though, I mean, he could play 16 or 17 games for Melbourne and Collingwood where they're not asked to lead the state. It's true. Nicely so, done. Nicely know, done. Um, but someone was talking about the post earlier and the post moving when Bailey Williams... Is it's the person, it's the fuckwit that ties up the fat bit on the post. And he <laughs> clearly didn't have his weak bits that morning and he hasn't pulled the fucking cords tight enough because he had to pull them just a little bit tighter. That fat bit will be a millimetre further in and it would have missed the post. Um, Terrible. And even then, the fucking faintest of touches, I've, uh, I was livid. Um, so the so the whoever did the post, um, Paul another Hayes, another week very quickly. Like, Cripps is free to play, and this is legitimate. I ignored it at first because it came from Oka, so it was obviously fraudulent, like his first attempt at it was. Uh, but it is actually confirmed, I've checked, with more reputable posters and more reputable news sites, and uh, Patrick Cripps is free to play. It has been overturned, and uh, I guess the laundry's done. Anyway, Case Hazelby. Um, saw a bit on the news where he's suggesting it would be a good idea for Willie Rioli to be traded to Richmond. I mean, I'm not going to... That's something for the end of the season. But Paul yeah, Hazel's like a fucking trap. We don't want real Ollie fucking going anywhere, let alone Richmond. Um, so you can fuck off. Nice. Um, uh, yeah, Adelaide, you know, I got invited to the JK party and they fucked it up. What are you so doing? It's just rude. Um, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm done. Kane, uh, it's the Kane's well, Court Award, isn't it? Like, he can't win his own award, can he? Are you allowed oh. to win your own award? I think when you're this poor at your job, you are. But I don't know. It's a late charge from the MRO. I'll um, I'll quickly just go through some of mine, which are more earnestly frustrating than just kind of flippant, which is a bit annoying. But anyway, a little bit of a pot shot to some big footy coverage around. We'll talk about it later when we get to the changes and things like that. But 
I find it so frustrating this time of year. We're shit. And I know we're shit. And we've all watched us be shit. Just, it's just, and not say it's fine, but like, it's all right. It's, there's two weeks left. We've just got to suck it up and then we can go again and, and sort of move on in a new direction. It's so frustrating seeing people go, our team has the ex oldest average. We've got the oldest average team or second oldest behind Geelong was something I saw today, you know? Oh, our list's shit. It's so old, blah, blah, blah. And then they'll go, drop Harry Edwards, drop Bailey Williams. They're shit. What do you want? What do you want from us? We're doing our best, all right? The kids that we have are the kids that we have. You can discuss the merits of the Kelly trade. You can discuss the merits of where we're at with our list build and all this sort of stuff. But if you want to play the kids, back the kids in and let them have a run. Don't just drop them at the first sign. Because as we said, I thought Edwards was pretty good on the weekend. Williams, not so good. He's had a really extended run this year. Take a week off. No worries. But I don't know. We're, we're an old team. We know we're an old team. Stop potting the kids, you know. And if, if you want us to win every game, then we're going to go in with a particular team. Anyway, that's one thing. The other one is the club, and this is really annoying. And I might have to mute Miguel Sanchez coming through in the comments here because otherwise he's going to crash the servers. The club not telling us that there is an AFLW preseason game on. They don't advertise the waffle. It's the same shit, different day. We've talked about it again and again and again, but just your only job is to tell us things about the Eagles. We like the Eagles. We like you. You've got so much rope with us. We forgive so much. We're not asking for the world. We're not asking for backstage access and seeing all the intricacies of it. Just tell us when the teams are playing. You've got three teams. I would like to know when all three of them are playing. It shouldn't be on the Eagles fan on the street to go and find out, okay, the women's club had a scratchy. Then they said we weren't allowed to broadcast it because Hawthorne didn't want it broadcast. And that's all this. Oh, we had a a big AFL game on that day. I don't know if you caught that. Just tell us when the games are on. There's only three teams and I'd like to watch them all. Anyway, uh, Kane Corns, MRO. How has Crips gotten off, by the way? We don't need to do the ins and outs of that, but (laughs) I've seen just, hang on one sec. Give me two seconds. We've got a new guest jumping in. Miguel just jumped in for a second. (laughs) I think he wanted to make a a late appearance, but no. How has Crips gotten off? Somebody explain this to me. I don't understand what's going on. It's ridiculous. How how does that work? I don't know how you you can go from two to zero. I I don't know how that is possible. Surely there's got to be a reduction. How, how do you go from doing not enough wrong to get suspended to get two weeks? I just don't understand it. Also, what... Mm. I mean, he's lined up the bloke. He's cannonballed into him. Whatever. Is what it is. Uh, who's taken Villain of the Week then, gents? We've got a... I think... I mean, Kane Corns really went for volume, but you know, quite like quality over quantity from the MRO. So what do we think? Who likes it this week? Uh, I think... Um, yeah, you probably can't give Kane Corns... As a, I, I think Michael Christian, just because he's a... Um, well done. Well done, he's a fuckhead. Um. So, yeah, he can get it. I, I mean, honestly, like if he didn't, if no one cited Kelly, if he didn't cite Kelly, like, I mean, usually with those dangerous tackles, there's usually something in the like from the game and things like that where people say, "Oh, look at this, he's in trouble." There was nothing from that. Mm. There was no, oh shit, look at this tackle from Kelly. It was just like no one brought it up. He went, he had to go and fucking find it, the dumb prick. Um. So no one if. If he didn't bring it up, if he didn't cite it, no one's going to... Like the Cotchel ones, people turn around going, how come... Because Bender said, once we're off the ground. I mean, he didn't even he didn't even say... He didn't even assess it. He didn't even come out on the Sunday and say, oh, I looked at the Cotchel one, but there wasn't enough force. He's just fucking... That nah, didn't happen. Dickhead. Christian gets it. <laughs> nicely done. Very nicely done. Well, we'll move on to the last bit of footy... News, I guess, for the week. It's not news, it's a game. It's round 22. And the Eagles play the Dockers. And this is a massive game in the history of WA sport. Except this week, honestly, not that asked. It's probably because we might lose and we'll get to the tips at the back end. But last week for me, Ben, had so much of a, almost like a season finale vibe. All the eggs were put into that basket. 
And I'm, not that I don't have the energy to get up and go for it again, but all week I've sort of just been living on the JK memories and not really looking forward. But there is a game to play. We play the Dockers. They're not in bad touch, and they've certainly had a very nice year. So could be an interesting one on Saturday. De- definitely feels like, you know, the, the last few days at work before you, uh, you have your annual leave. And yeah, you, you yeah. check you check out. That's what it, that's what the last kind of games feel like. Kind of dialing it in a little bit. It's just kind of there, especially this one. And I think we all know it's a almost a foregone conclusion. But um, Frio doing no, us no favors by uh, letting Tabner get injured. If we, he was mm. in, I reckon we could have had a chance. But he's honestly he is he is like watching the slapstick version of football. I can't I can't get enough of watching him play football. It's fantastic. He never fails to give me a laugh and he'll do good stuff. And I think it was a couple of years ago, he had a pretty decent season, but disappointed he's not out in probably one of the few games. I'm going to watch most of it, you know, but yeah. Tabana versus Cole in the goal square. Oh, yeah. so good. <laughs> Cherish memories good. back mm. in the day. Uh, Keys, we'll go through the ins and outs. And this is probably the main talking point out of this game in terms of Eagles fans. You know, we're looking at the result and thinking, all right, maybe let's not study that one too hard. The ins, we've got Dixon, we've got Nelson, we've got Rotham, and Bazo is also in elevated from the sub role. Coming out, Kelly suspended. Kennedy was managed officially. Unofficially, he's retired. He's off on a boat somewhere sinking beers. Uh, Rioli's gone back home for personal reasons. And as you said, we might touch on that a little bit later on in the year. We'll talk about that at the back end of the season. Uh, Williams was the only one who was truly omitted, as it was. Uh, So from that, look, let's do the ins. Dixon, Nelson, Rotham. Rotham was pretty decent last time out. Dixon for Kennedy as a straight swap. You might argue those. Bazo, I'm always happy to see Bazo. The real point of contention is where is Clark and where is Winder? Decent form in the waffle and also much younger, more untapped potential, a little bit more to play around with there, you'd hope. So where are these guys, Keys? Yeah, I think when I look for the team, the takeaway for me was we're, we're probably one defender too many mm-hmm. and we're one tall too many, um, particularly given the the weather conditions. Yeah, and when um, I don't, I don't quite understand why at least one of Winder or Clark haven't been given a game. I, I think um, Winder probably, I would replace Kelly with Winder, I think. Just give, Winder's out of contract at the end of the year. Fucking give mm. him a game. Just see what, just see. I mean, um, and Clark, we haven't, like, he's played, I think he's played six or seven games. At least two or three of those, I reckon, would be as a medi sub that he, he hasn't had. Uh, and I reckon he might have had one game where he had a bit of a run in the centre. Okay, he didn't do so well, but I, I don't know why he gets a run. I don't know. I, I don't see the, the need. I'm not. I'm not um, an anti Nelson person. I think. I think Nelson gets unfairly criticised a lot of the time. He's not a superstar, but he's not. He's not a complete out and out dud. But I don't see. I we know what Nelson gives us. Mm. You know, for good, bad, indifferent, whatever. We know what Nelson has to offer. I don't think we've seen what Winder has to offer. Um, so I, I would have liked to have seen Winder come in for Nelson instead. Um, I think Rotham for Rotham comes in essentially for Bailey Williams. Yep. Um, and I like so that. I think, good. Let's I, let's I see how have, that goes. I would have left um, Dixon out and and given um and given Clark a run because I think we'll you know, Fremantle with Tavener out, they're not tall. Um I would have just liked to have seen something a little bit different given the weather conditions. Um but at the end of it, um a lot of my interest in this season disappeared on Sunday evening 
because I don't give us a fucking ice, ice blocks chance in hell of winning these last two games. Um, and I have a horrible suspicion. I have a, this horrible feeling in the pit of my stomach that the players probably that Sunday against Adelaide was our effectively our grand final, mm. and I, I'm really concerned that the players are going to probably check out mentally, uh, and particularly with this one being a six day break, um, it's going to be hard for somebody like someone like Nat Nui to get back up. And I reckon that the emotion from last week is going to we're going to be flat. Fremantle have got plenty. Fremantle haven't got percentage to play for because of the draw. That's not an issue for them. Mm. Um, so that's my one hope in this game going in that we won't get absolutely belted because Fremantle will be. Let's just get the win and no injuries. So they yeah. might not push. They'll be like, okay, let's get. I, I can see Fremantle smacking us early and then getting out to you know maybe six or seven goals and going, okay, let's just sit on this. We've got the win. That's what we needed. Let's just make sure we don't um, we don't get hurt. You know, we don't get injuries. Um, so you know they've got everything to play for. We've got, apart from you know maybe one or two guys that might be a handful of guys might be playing for their careers. But I think when it gets to this stage, I don't think clubs make the decisions on guys based on one game. I think the guys there they're going to get rid of. They're going to get rid of whether they play well or not. And that's where I'm. I worry about Winder. I reckon his papers maybe have been stamped because if they hadn't yeah. been, he'd be playing. So that's where I am on this. Uh, and Bender, I know we talked about a pre-show in terms of why aren't they picking Winder, why aren't they picking Clark. The Winder one, just to, I suppose, quickly give my two cents on it, I agree with everything, and we've talked so many times. The back end of this season is for kicking tyres. It's for finding out what we've got. It's for exploring list options. Winder's on the younger side of things. He's had a few cracks this year, but not as a mid. He's played a lot of forward, which sometimes he's looked okay. Sometimes he's probably not looked that good, to be honest. But, you know, it, it is what it is in terms of what he's given us so far. For me, I now am, I agree with what Keyes has just said. I think his papers are stamped. I get the logic of why aren't we throwing him out there for one last roll of the dice. I get that. And I can't really knock it back too much. But I think, to me, it would appear that his papers are stamped. They're not even considering him for this game, but it would appear. He might be the sub, but, you know, who cares? It's two weeks to go. He's out of contract. I think he's done. And I think at that point, how well would he have to play, assuming he got picked, how well would he have to play to turn around that perception of himself within the club? I'm almost in the headspace now. It would almost be a waste to pick him because you're just using somebody else's spot. Now... Who is that spot used on? This is where somebody like Clark, for me, comes into it because he's contracted next year. It's in a position of need. He's in the right age profile. We've not really given him a chance on the ball. He's not, To be honest, Winder has been given a better chance than Clark this year, for me. Winder got a consecutive run of games. Some as the sub, some up forward, whatever, whatever. Clark is on the wing or he's on the bench. That's where he is. So for me, the Winder one, I'm not losing sleep over. The Clark one, I can fully get around the complaints about it because this seems like a no-brainer. These are the opportunities to build up Clark for next season where it would otherwise bend it to me appear that maybe Winder's on his way out. Yeah, and I can't help but feel frustrated for Clark. Anytime you, you see him in the games, he's like a... I think he's mentioned he's he's come on late as a sub mm. um, and he it looks like he's barely had time to warm up before he's played on. I can't remember which game came on late and got he was on some ridiculous player that towed him up. Um when he when he does get a chance, when we we joke about it, but he, he played a, a fair bit off the half forward flank. Yeah, um, absolutely, we we see him on the wing while Gaff's in, can, can, you know, contesting the CBD. Um, but yeah, look, I, I I don't know what what they want from him. I, I thought he was he was picked as a big body, mature player, 
to plug and play and he was going to come in and, and play when we needed him. And I think we've needed him and we just haven't used him. Yeah. Um, it's, it's baffling. I, I don't get it. Um, yeah, personally. I, I would love to see him actually play, you know, like Cully did in his second game, being playing that, that amount of, of, um, of stoppages just to see how he actually goes. Because I just don't – I couldn't tell you how he goes. Like I, I can't remember getting a decent look at him on, on how he how he goes at a center bounce down, um, and I thought that's what we got him for. Yeah, I, that's the thing for me. And this is the Clark one is much more. Uh, that's the point of contention for me, much more so than the Winder one. I think I get the argument about Winder, but for me, why are we not kicking the tires on Clark? We've done it with more more or less everybody else on the list. You know, we've debuted Bazo since the buy. True got a run. Cully got his run when he was ready for it, and obviously injury and suspension. Maybe we're done with him for the season, unfortunately, but. There were young guys getting runs. Edwards had another crack in the team. Jamison's had a few shots at it. You know, Hoff, I mean, we can't speak highly enough about Brady Hoff. So Clark is really the only one that hasn't had a look in. Okay, maybe Jack Williams isn't ready yet, but even he got that game against North, weird circumstances and all. But he, Clark is seeming the one guy that we're refusing to put on the field in somewhere even approximating his position. Uh, these last couple of weeks do seem like a good opportunity to do it. Beyond that, though, I suppose we talked about, you know, you said the last few days before you go on annual leave. It's I'm finding it a little bit hard to give a shit about how this one goes beyond don't lower your colours and, and get completely embarrassed. But I think Key's point's an interesting one about where Freo are at, I guess, approaching this game. Even now as well, if, you, if we bring in Clark mm. and, and without Kelly against um, Fremantle Geelong, are we re- really going to see how good he could be? You know what I mean? Is he just ah. going to get towered up, completely towered up against two you know, of the best midfielders in the comp, midfields in the comp? Um, is is that good for his confidence? Is it good for us to to work out how if he's good or not anyway? You know what I mean? That's I don't know. It, it's a, it's one of those uh, list management picks. That's a little bit of a peculiar one for me. Yeah, it's if if we're ha- why are we having this conversation now? This is a conversation that have been had six weeks ago, sort of situation. Yeah, exactly. This is I guess this is why I'm finding it too hard to get mortified about it. Like some people seem to be on the board because. It's the last two weeks against two very good teams. And like you point out, two very good midfields in, in that as well. So I don't think we're going to learn too much from them. Uh, I suppose, Keys, as we look at the game, we've just got to dig in our, uh, where we can. And, I mean, the ruck battle is always a good place to start for the Eagles because it, it means so much to us. Darcy and Nat Nui, it's an interesting one. It's actually probably a battle Nick Nat's won pretty consistently over the last couple of years, even as Freo have started to turn into a more formidable outfit. So, I mean, in the wet, it might be a bit of a slog and Darcy's not the smoothest mover in the world, neither is Nick Nat either anymore. So what do we reckon? Is that is that even a, a place where the Eagles might try and launch some attacks straight out of the middle? Yeah, I think it's sound squares a worry because we're going to have Kelly out. We're going to have on the, on the derby we had predominantly, I think the most common combination was... Shuey, Kelly and Rioli, hmm. two of those guys aren't playing. So that's going to be, you're going to be looking at Shuey, uh, O'Neill and probably Gaff simply because that's what we seem to, that's where it's going to be. I mean, um, Prestesca Seat might get a run in there from time to time. Maybe. I have no real confidence that it'll happen. Um, you know, Redden might be in there. We're going up against Sarong, Brayshaw and Mundy. Um, for the most part, and they're a pretty, that's a pretty solid centre square combo. So, um, so we're going to be on the back foot from the get go. I think I don't see us. Yeah, if we can break even on centre clearances, that'd be a win. That's effectively a win for us. Um, and then you know it's whether you know we're going to be relying on you know Darling sort of getting off 
Ryan or Pierce, and um, you know, by the looks of it, it's going to be Dixon down there. Um, Waterman. You know, we've not, you know, we've not got a lot to kick to. Um, maybe Waterman out of the goal square. Maybe Ryan. Maybe we try Ryan out of the goal square a little bit, um, which is something that I don't know why they don't try that a little bit more than than they have. Um, so much right. of the ball movement is built around getting Darling up the ground, getting him involved in a pack mark or kick down the line. So in the wet as well, just to to win a game like this, and I'm not really putting out much of a plan to do so, but a game like this, you've got to get a little bit creative with it because you're not going to win your one-on-ones consistently. So yeah. right out of the goal square is a great exploit to try and work. But do that, allows Darling, it allows Waterman to push up a little bit and, and maybe that's a start. Yeah. Yeah, I, I yeah, I just like to see it's just I, I I think just look, it's a derby, you have a crack. Um you maybe go the there was times when we used to be flying and Fremantle was shit and you go into Derby and, and all Fremantle would go in is they wouldn't necessarily go the knuckle, but often they did. Um, but just go and just to rass and push and shove and you know, like those fuckhead car brothers used to do and just Go and just get under their skin and just try and put them off their game as much as possible. None of them are going to like, none of them are going to want to get reported mm. because they're heading into finals. And I'm not suggesting that you hit them or anything like that. But you just just pull on their jumper, push them around. You know, just like annoy them. You know, it's it's all we've got. Yeah, it's just like you know we've got nothing else. Fucking just just have a dip and just yeah, like. You know, guys like Crips and stuff like that who can be like antagonistic pricks. Maybe that's why we brought Nelson in. Be a prick. Harass Brayshaw. Just go in and just see if you can get someone to punch you in the head. Um, give away get reported in a grand final. Oh. Who gives a shit? It's a grand final. You, yeah. You're done. Your career's uh, over anyway. So, yeah. It, Finish it up. It's a game that, yeah, unfortunately I've not. It's probably the lowest key derby I can hmm. think of. Um, but because I, I, I don't... I don't give us any hope of winning it. Um, I would love to win it, don't get me wrong, because it would be nothing better than to stick a giant fucking rusty spike in Freo's finals hopes. Um, I mean, we're not going to kick him out of the finals, but we can maybe make him hard to get a home final. Um, so, yeah, anyway, it's just <laughs> go out. Just I hope the boys just go out and have a, have, have a dip and, um, you know, just for their own pride. Uh, Bender, I mean, we've talked about the selection side of things and from a youth point of view, Bazo, pretty interested to see how he goes because I'm really liking what we've seen from him. Hoff's always won. But beyond that, I guess there's not too much that's future-facing, maybe maybe Exxon in the middle, something like that. So given that, given it's probably not going to be too many lessons to carry into the next season, is there something in particular you're looking for from this game or is it just get through keep the result down, see what happens. What, what, what do you want to see when we actually run out there on the weekend? Yeah, I, I think um, I think you hit it pretty sweet there. If, if there was if there was a, a youngsters to keep an eye out for that that's that seems to be our motivation. You know, what I mean, we yeah. got we got nothing left in the season, um, yeah. so that that would have been nice. Um, otherwise, I yeah, I, I think it's all been said. It's so it feels so low key. Um, you know that I'm indifferent you know, about the game coming up. They're usually on, you know, it's derby week, it's exciting, people are talking crap, but it, I just don't think the, like you said, people packed up last week. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I think in terms of what to look out for, hopefully more kind of remnants of this 
this change in game plan, more direct footy and what how we're going to use our, our selections without Kennedy in the in the side. But yeah, I guess you've got to try and find something to be interested in at the moment. Kind of feels that way. Uh, a few comments emulating keys there in terms of get the pinching back. We've got Nelson in to go to Biff maybe as an option. Uh, and Migs in the comments is saying it would be nice if Hoff could get that Rising Star nomination. Sort of time of the year where they throw them around for, you know, the, the Lifetime Achievement Award equivalent for the Rising Star. So Hoff's had a nice year. Maybe yeah. another 20-touch game. Maybe turns a head or two and, and gets a nomination. Yeah. What do you think? Um, you, know, you know, Dixon to keep two or three goals against the side that didn't want him. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd like to see a um, fair chance that Harry Edwards picks up Lob, given his height. Um, yeah, it'd be nice if um, he can keep uh, Dorf Lundgren quiet. Um, do a do a rocky three on him, um, yeah, yeah. Hoff, yeah, Hoff, rising star. If he has, you can have a good game. Development from um, Jones continuing off half back. Back here from Ryan, that'd be nice. Um, and then you know maybe you know God like something like I've got a fair bit of time for O'Neill. He hasn't really he's he's, he's shown glimpses, and he's you know I'd love for him just to. I think it's sort of wishing for miracles for him to take a game apart, but to have a real, like to have a real influence, you know, maybe keep. Um, Sarong's one of those guys that kind of just fucking annoys me um, for no for no good reason. Nothing really against the guy. Sounds like a decent bloke. Um, I think Margets. I think Margets had him in that list. Good bloke, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Kicks goal a year from the fucking fifth row of the stands. Um, so. You know, there's just, you know, maybe some dumb fuck like Foley to actually show why they've got faith in him because he's given us nothing since he came back from from his concussion. Um, Cripps not the fumble. That'd be nice. In the wet. Hold your breath. <laughs> oh, wait. Um, you know, darling to take a chest mark and for the ground staff to make sure they tighten up that padding on the goalposts. Nicely done. Nicely done. All right, well, we'll whip around and do some tips then. Uh, I think we'll all be pretty unanimous on the results, so let's talk margin. I think Freo are probably going to win by 50-odd, and I think the game, so I forget who, apologies in the comments, somebody pointed it out, but, you know, four or five goals early, really get a nice crazy lead, and then, as Keyes said, maybe just steer the ship home and, and sort of navigate their way through it. Their percentage does not matter at all. Maybe they'll get up and about for it. Maybe they'll have a few people in there been stung by the 10 in a row and all this sort of stuff, but they're a young side. They've not really known too much derby pain. I wouldn't have thought too many of those guys, so whatever. Get the job done. Get out. Who is the player that I want to see? Yeah, I'm into Hoff. I like the idea of a Hoff nomination. It would be a nice way to cap off the season, at least give us another little tiny, tiny feather in the cap, I suppose, from a development point of view. Uh, Bender, who wins? What's the margin? And what eagle are you looking forward to the most? I'm refusing to tip Frio. I'm going to tip Eagles by minus 38. So oh, I'm okay, still right. good, good, good. okay. So I'm going to do yeah. this smart. Um, yep. And my um, uh, one to watch. Um, I'm trying to think of a of a backman. I'm probably thinking Bazo. I'd like to see what he can do with a little bit more heat on. I mean, yep. not that he, it's been easy for him, but I think that'd be interesting to watch at least. And keys for yourself. Yeah, I think um, if we can keep the damage to eight goals or less, I won't be happy. But right, you know, I I think that's that's about. I think that sort of forty odd point loss is 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 where it'll sit. Um, I'm gonna go and I'm I'm gonna piss off Zayad here 
and Glow Royals 22. Uh, oh, um, I reckon Waterman's going to have a game. And, you'll hey. kick <laughs> um, and just if for nothing else, just to say, look, the guy's got some ability. Um, there's a there's a there's a there's a pretty decent footballer lurking in there. I just don't think he always he sort of doesn't always get the opportunity. And I think he's unfortunately I think he's one of those guys that he sort of straddles that twilight zone between waffle and AFL, where he's probably a bit too good to be playing waffle and maybe just a bit short. His limitations get found out at AFL level. Um, but I'd like him to come out and kick four or five and just give us some hope that next year. You know, in the post-Kennedy era that we've got, you know, a guy that can maybe be that sort of third tall forward behind Allen and Darling and and um, give us something. So, yeah, why not? Misty Warnerman, Dad, or Snake, to, um, to have a decent, half-decent game for us. Why not? Why not indeed? All right, gents, well, we'll leave it there. Uh, for that one, thank you to everybody in the comments. Thanks to everybody who's been watching along and, and listening along in the audio feeds as well. Give us a review, share the show. We've got a, a couple more shows coming up, obviously, round on round, and then we'll do a few in the postseason as well. Have a look at the draft, have a look at some recruiting and things like that. So plenty to look forward to from the show, plenty to look forward to from the Eagles. It might just not maybe come this weekend. But anyway, gents, thank you very much, and uh, we'll talk to everybody next week. Bye for now. Bye.